The following sermon is a ministry of Hilton Head Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at hiltonheadpca.com. Thank you, Chris. And again, it is good to be with you uh, today, uh, this evening. I woke up this morning, and Lisa and I, my wife, uh, looked at each other, and we realized we hadn't wrapped a single present. We hadn't done anything to get ready to leave after the next worship service to get in the car and drive to Columbia. Clothes were everywhere. Everything was everywhere. Our dog decided to pick up a bacterial infection. And it was just the beginning of a wonderful day of preparation for, for this evening. And I thought, what in the world? And I thought, man, how many other people have had things like that? That's little profound things going on. And here we come and we say, hey, we want you to come and celebrate and worship. And some of you are with family and friends and you're really excited about that. And some of you are with family and friends and you're not so excited about that uh, today. Some of you are missing family for the very first time this season. And it's challenging for you. And so I hope that in the few minutes that we talk together here, that the single thing that I want you to, to walk away with, is to at least hear. You don't have to agree with it or accept it. But at least hear that there's a reason for you to sing, for you to have joy, for you to have something perking up within your heart. And the passage of Scripture that's uh, written next to the sermon, that the sermon is simply or homily, is simply silence to singing. It comes from Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet, and it was a long time ago, uh, looking to the future of how God was going to take care of his people and he wrote these words, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing. You waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. You know, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Elf. Deeply theological, moving, redemptive in nature. The beauty of Elf is it's mindless. You don't have to engage too much. You just feel good by watching it because there, there are themes of redemption in it, of, uh, of lostness and finding and, and of sacrifice and of coming uh, at the end. And in it, Buddy the Elf makes this great statement that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Some of you in here could use that today. I was standing in the back. There's a little more volume that could be uh, had. But Buddy was like, hey, if you want to spread Christmas cheer, uh, sing. Be happy about something. Have you been to the grocery store in the last 48 hours? Walmart? Anywhere where there's more than five people? There are a lot of people not singing for joy. that could use somebody standing up and just singing and bringing a little cheer into the place. It's simple and it's biblical. And the message of, G of Christmas, the true message... Uh, of Christmas. You hear them all the time on all the, uh, the shows and uh, the 
the advertisements. What's the meaning of Christmas? Oh, it's family. Oh, it's, it's this or it's that. Folks, that's not the true meaning of Christmas. Those may be offshoots of the meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is that the God of the universe who created us, who wanted to have relationship with us that had been broken many, many years ago because of us, uh, decided that he desired to be with us so much that he sent his son into the world uh, to take on flesh, to dwell among us, to give us opportunity to come into relationship with him, to restore hope within this life, and to give us hope within the life to come. Because if there's nothing more than this life, folks then there really is no reason to sing. Because the last 18 months have done nothing but prove the fact that this world, if all that this world is, it's on spin cycle. And it keeps going round and round and round. One more tragedy, one more thing, one more something. And here we come into this Bible passage that is pointing to the coming of good news. And it's the picture of watchmen who are on the wall Uh, on the ramparts, and they're looking out, and it says they're eye to eye, they're shoulder to shoulder, they're looking out, they're wondering if there's going to be anything good that's coming, because in those days, uh, nighttime was the greatest terror, because the enemy would be approaching at night, and you were looking with keen eyes to see if there was something uh, on the horizon, to see if you were going to live or die the next day, Uh, and it says that they looked out, and, and there was something awesome, there was salvation, it was actually the Lord himself who was coming to bring salvation, not destruction. The Lord himself, who was coming to bring comfort, uh, not discomfort. I am just about to get rid of this altogether. It broke anyway. I'm the kid who, you know, when you have your broken candle, you're like, oh, my candle broke. Hopefully it'll still work. I might have to borrow somebody's in the front in a minute. But we look, and we go, I don't feel like singing. Any of you all feel that way this year? You don't feel like singing? Maybe the reason is something like this. I don't feel like singing. I don't, I don't feel like singing because God seems so unbelievably far away from me. For me this year, God seems a distant reality, if not a figment of imagination. Well, friends, Christmas is God coming near to you because He knows that there is no way for you to come near to Him on your own. Christmas is God recognizing of Him saying, you don't have to come to me. I'll come to you. It's, you don't have to find your way to me. I come to you. I, I find you. Isn't that incredible news? That when He feels distant when, to you, God is bridging the gap in ways that we could never move towards Him It's God moving towards us. He says this to you if you're feeling distant from Him. I'll bridge whatever gap it is, and I'll do it in a way that you could never do it because the gap is too large. The chasm is too much. I'll pay the penalty that you couldn't pay that was separating us. This is the story at Christmas for you if you're sitting going, God just seems distant. He's a a distant father. He's a distant judge. He's a distant something. It's for everyone who feels distant from Him. He says to you, I'll come near to you. Or maybe you say, Bill, I don't have anything to sing about this year. I'm alone. I feel absolutely alone. I'm around so many people, and I talk to people all the time. And what I hear regularly from folks in my line of work is this. 
I bump elbows with people constantly. I'm in offices, I'm in families, and no one knows me. No one really knows me. And I feel absolutely alone. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine not too long ago, and I said, how are you? Simple question, right? How are you? He goes, I'm good. Long pause. Except for the chronic loneliness. Chronic loneliness. And this is a pastor who's involved in quite a large church with people all around. His schedule is packed. You can't get with him uh, for weeks in advance because he's around people all the time. But you see, Christmas is God dealing with our loneliness. It's that broken relationship that goes all the way back into Genesis chapter 3 where relationship was broken and loneliness entered in. And because of a broken relationship with God, what it did was it broke our relationships with one another. And we walk around the world with a desperate need to be united again. And we unite ourselves with all kinds of things over and over and over again. And Christmas is God saying, I will unite myself to you. And I'll never lose you. I'll never lose you. I'll come and be near you. I never say to you that the Christmas in the incarnation is God saying, I'll come to you. Again, you don't have to come to me. He cares so much that he sent his son into the world. And he says to you, you don't ever have to be alone in the midst of the world. Or maybe you're saying, well, that all sounds well and good. I'm not all that lonely, and I do believe in God. But if you knew who I was, if you knew what I bring to the table, I'm too broken. What I've done, there's no way God could love me. I'm, I'm too messed up. Friends, hear this tonight, maybe for the first time. Jesus didn't come to be with the perfect, pretty people of the world. I hope that's good news to you. It is for me, because I'm neither pretty nor perfect. And I've got a past that I look back and there are still times when I put my head on my pillow that events and things of my past and even thoughts of the present come in and with great condemnation speak and say, God could never possibly love you. And Christmas is God coming near in Christ and saying, I'm actually drawn more to you in your brokenness than in your perfection. I'm drawn and come near to you in this. Whatever you are experiencing. He knows what it's like. You see, friends, Christmas is God's answer to our separation. Christmas is God's answer to our loneliness. It's His amazing love for us, even in the midst of our damaged life. It's us coming to Him and going, yeah, but you don't know. And Jesus saying, oh, but I do. I do. I've experienced life like you've experienced life. This Jesus who is fully God and fully man, he's the only answer to the matters that matter. He's the only answer to the problems that plague deep down. And for some of you, you're here, and I'm so glad that you are, but this will be about it. You won't darken the door of a church again for quite some time, and so I want to make sure that I get my money's worth. I get my money's worth, not you get yours. Friends, Jesus Christ came in the world to pursue you. He came into the world as the God-man, and He's saying to you tonight, you have to deal with me. You have to deal with me. 
I'm not some preacher that you come to and say, hey, that was a good sermon. I'll think about it and consider whether I'll accept it. He's the truth that comes into the world, and he says it's true truth. And you can reject it, or you can come and believe it. And if we believe it, we fall on our knees and we come before him and we worship him. He's the one who comes into the world, and because he is both loving and holy, he says, if I was just loving, I wouldn't have needed to come. Everybody would have gotten in. But I'm holy, and therefore there's punishment for sin in the world. And so this perfect, loving, holy God comes together in Christ at Christmas, and he presents to us this beautiful gospel, this good news that says to us, there is something worth celebrating in the world. There really is. There's something worth singing about. I'm drawn to another great theological movie as we wrap up. The Little Mermaid. Yes, my wife literally walks in and finds me watching Disney movies by myself. I'm that guy. Ariel's lost her, her voice. She's under a curse. And isn't it amazing when she gets her voice back? It's through the love of a prince. It's through the kiss of the prince. Friends, Disney is many things, but original, he is not. Every single one of those fairy tales of every story of every age has been stolen from the true story of the Bible. Because, friends, we've all lost our voices. We've all lost our songs. And it's only when the true prince comes into our lives and he speaks love and life and healing into the midst of our hearts that the very first thing that happens is we regain our voices and we sing. We regain our voices and we go, This is awesome! I joke with our congregation, we're Presbyterian. The best I get is an mm-hmm. Some of you come from different traditions, and that's great. An amen and a hallelujah every now and then is what God wants to see in his people. To go out and to live loudly within the world, friends. But the only way that you'll gain your voice, the only way that you'll gain that song is to come in touch with the one who knows you better than anybody else, your creator, and the one who redeems you from so go to those great movies this season and find truth within them. And then go to God's Word and find the true truth that's there. Let's pray. God, thank You. Thanks for finding us. Even when we've determined that You are far off, You determined to come very near to us. Father, thank You that in our loneliness... You said, I don't want you to be alone. And so you came near to us. Father, when we are broken and bruised, you've come and you've healed us. You've drawn towards us in our affliction, not away from us. And Father, in that, when we feel life pulsing into our veins again, when we feel the air rushing into our lungs, Father, would we give praise and glory and honor to you. For those who are here tonight, and they've lost hope. They've lost a reason to sing. I pray that you reintroduce yourself to them tonight. That they'd see you and that they would know you. To you be all glory and honor in the church. Amen.